Welcome back to the Soul Savings Podcast. We have a guest this time. I know y'all, I don't know why y'all interested in hearing me doing solo episodes. We Y'all did pretty good with the with the engagement on the, the last two where I'm just sitting rambling. I don't know why y'all want to hear me ramble for hours <laughs> at a time. But this time we have a guest on. I had to actually get uh, dressed up for the promotional videos because I've been doing, I got used to doing the show with pajamas on and I'm like, oh, I got to actually get dressed this episode. <laughs> but we have a very special guest on, very talented, very great. It's just, uh, she's been on the, the podcast before and I had to have her back because she has a, a great new single. She dropped a single earlier this year, Glitter Rain, and then she dropped another one called Stars Are On Our Side. Just dropped it this week. It's hot out here. I, I'm loving it. Great energy. She always has great energy, and I'm expecting the about the same on this episode because she's just immaculate, immaculately talented. Let me say that. So y'all give it up right now for Miss Jenna. How you doing? Woo! Thank you. I, I, I hope I live up to all of those compliments that you just look. Said. Listen, it's always <laughs> I only invite immaculate guests on. I only invite super talented people on this podcast. I wouldn't lie to my audience. I wouldn't just blow people up if it wasn't true. My man Rob, cue up, cue up, cue up the single. We're gonna let the people hear the single. We're gonna let them get a little taste of it. You know, a right. little copyright, no copyright. We get a little 15, 20 seconds, we're gonna let it. Yeah, see, they hear it. They hear it in the vibes, they feel in the vibes. They wanna download it right now on Spotify and wherever they get digital outlet <laughs> where they they purchase singles at i think it's available but we're gonna get into all that as we get deeper into the episode i'm gonna try not to give you the same questions that i gave you last time so we're gonna start from now what's jenna's world looking like now in terms of the single release lp you know full album you know fixing to come out you got the singles drop what's your feeling and you're also touring as well so what is that what is that space looking like for you now in terms of Jenna the artist you know in present time yeah um well man we talked last year and a lot has changed so I am I have a team now I am signed to Strawberry Hill Records this is a small kind of LA boutique um uh label and we're all family it's really, we're really really close but now I have a team and so I feel mm -hmm. like I am able to get more you know put my hands in more pots this time around you know first time mm -hmm. around I had no idea what I was doing I was just kind of hustling and grinding on what I thought I should be doing but now I have people on my side got my back and uh and you know yeah I'm touring I'm I'm gonna be in New York in a couple of weeks at a moon the moon vibe fest um I'm getting some shows in Vegas, in LA, and uh, some, some Northwest shows. So as soon as we have all of that locked in, I'm going to have it on my website and people can come out and, and, and court and dance the night away. But but this year, what it's looking like, it's just, I'm just so much more hopeful 
last year, I think I was just scrambling because I didn't know what I was doing. But this year I can see like, I can see the horizon. I see where I'm going and I, you know, I, I, it's attainable to me, I feel like. Right, it's, it sounds like it, the music, like you keep giving, I think because you have such a clear, direct vision on what your sound is, everything sounds cohesive in terms of the singles that you've been dropping and you dropped Glitter Rain and I believe it was a uh, Narada Michael Walton that helped with production on that. What was that like working with a, a legendary drummer like that? Cause he's, you know, worked with Aretha, you know, Jill Scott, you know, mm-hmm. he's worked with, uh, he's worked with so many people, Diana Ross, everybody. What, Elton John, what, what was that like? He is so, okay, so first of all, it took me so long to get in touch with him. I just stalked him, well, I didn't stalk him, but I was very persistent, if you will. And um, finally, um, he, had, he had a little bit of time and he was like, yeah, you know, I really like the sound, come on down, let's do some stuff, you know? And he's really, it's, it's interesting because I've only worked with you know, um, I've only done my thing. I haven't really pr- had a producer outside of myself. Um, so working with a completely different mind and uh, vision and, you know, I just kind of followed his lead. He's so such a nice person, such a nice man. So, I mean, he still texts me to this day, like, how are you? I hope you're doing so well. And, you know, he's, he's such an amazing, nice man. And I... I'm not saying that just to smoke blow, blow smoke up his butt, you know. He is truly a, a genius and a nice, humble man. Um, but it was surreal because I was in the same studio that Whitney Houston was in. Like, her plaques were on the wall and, you know, uh, sitting in the same chairs that she was, you know, it was just crazy. Pictures of Mariah Carey, Mariah Carey's plaques were on the wall. So it was like... I was I was definitely like a small fry. I felt like <laughs> in a big pond. Oh, it's such a good flow. With working with the legendary Narada Michael Walton, I know I asked you that. Was there any kind of not necessarily intimidation, but what was that feeling like? Like in that process of seeing him do his thing, what what was the feelings in terms of you know? So it was, it was, it was, I was very intimidated. I was very nervous and scared. So how it worked, he lives in, in the Bay Area and I'm in Seattle. So he told me, he said, shoot me, you know, if you have, if you have an idea for a song, just shoot me some words, shoot me, you know, what are you envisioning? I was like, sparkles, glitters, unicorns, bad bitch. I want, you know, I was just throwing all these words at him. He's like, <laughs> got it, got it. And then like two days later, he sent me a track and he was like, write some lyrics to this track, this is the track, and then you come down here and sing it. And I was like, okay. Uh, so, <laughs> Glitter Rain came, I caught a plane down to San Francisco, stayed 24 hours. So I didn't I didn't see his process. He was just, he did it where he was, and you know, I did my thing where I was, and then I went down there and just sang. So. For me to just go down, I, I'd never met him personally before we'd spoken on the phone, but for me to just go down there and walk into his studio with like all these grates on his wall and I'm like, you know, I I don't I don't wanna play myself or talk myself down, but I'm not with you, right? So I was like 
I can't come up in here and do whistle notes like Mariah Carey and like I really what did I get myself into I was very nervous but he assured oh, wow. me that it was you know he was like you know I I wouldn't be working with you if I didn't see a vision if I didn't see a star you know if I didn't see glitter rain I would we wouldn't be doing this it's gonna be magical right. and I was just like okay so I shook my jitters off and I just did it because it's you know I have to like tell myself it's now or never I'm not gonna sit in this angst and and, and cower I gotta give this my all because I was only down there for 24 hours so but it was very it was nerve-wracking for sure oh man you you sound like me with a lot of grace uh, it, it was like a lot of intimidation but with that sureness like yeah you wouldn't be here like if right. you didn't they they sort of legends like that are like very encouraging they just have this to me it's just their confidence in you like that's enough like you ain't got to blow smoke but mm -hmm. just your confidence and just like no like and they say it so casually like no it, yeah you're supposed to do this and it's like right. oh well i gotta believe it then because okay okay <laughs> of the right. right right exactly but i definitely relate to that 100 percent. also i forgot to say this off the listen i feel like birthdays like once you get past 21 it's like a blur to me i already forgot that fast it was my birthday and also we both i realized last year we both and then you you had whenever we were hitting each up on instagram you were like is your birthday the 31st july 31st and happy belated to you you know happy belated to you i feel the same so you know i'm, I'm <laughs> i turned 37 and right. people were like what did you do for your birthday i was like Right. Like, <laughs> right. I'm going to bed. Right, <laughs> that part. Right. Uh, I, I always look at, <clears throat> I always look at birthdays as like an assessment time. Like you know how people um, do New Year's, like they make a big deal, like with cleaning and get their goals. Like, like that's I don't, cause I don't uh, do New Year's. I don't do New Year goals. I like wait till my birthday to do. Like I do self analyzations of like, what am I, what can I improve on? What, you know, cause I look at my birthday as that as more of a reflection than, so, and, you know, but milestone birthdays, like, you know, getting to 40, when I get there, it's like, oh yeah, for sure. We're gonna celebrate like 50, right. like those are milestone right. birthdays. But like that time in between is like, just chill out, just relax, all right? We're not doing nothing. Y'all can give me a couple of gifts. You know, I'm not going to Right. Right, exactly. Right. You want to give me, you know, a little cash app, little, you know, little $25 Starbucks card. You know, I ain't going to get mad at that. You know what I mean? But, you know, for the most part, it's like, ah, like, I really don't think about my birthday till like the week of. It's like, was it Monday or Tuesday? I kept getting right. confused. <laughs> it was like the coaster guy that was like, is it Monday or Tuesday? And I was like, oh, it's Monday. <laughs> I kept thinking it was Tuesday. I almost missed my own birthday. I, it's happened before. I was like, oh yeah, I, it was like August 2nd, like, like, I think it was a year before COVID happened, I literally forgot my birthday, I was like, it was like August 2nd, I was like, oh, my birthday just passed, I was like, oh, great. Yeah, I forget about <laughs> COVID, like, w during those COVID years, it was like, what do you mean? Oh, uh, it was the worst. Like, we're not doing anything, because we're locked down. Oh. Uh, but, uh, what was I no, you good. Anyway, I can't remember, but happy <laughs> birthday to you too. <laughs> right. Listen, COVID that year was so disappointing because when I tell you I had that 2020 was like when people said they were that year, we were so hopeful going into that. And I was like, I had every month planned. I'm like, 
I'm going to do these dates. I'm going to be on tour. I'm going to do these. And I'm going to make quality time with family. We're going to all have fun and go to weddings and all that stuff. I'm going to be present and be a good auntie to 10 nieces and nephews. I was like, I would do all that. Then I'm going to London on my birthday. None of that happened. It was... The world said no. <laughs> Absolutely not. It was... I, and honestly, the depressive state didn't really happen for me until like the year after. And it's like, oh, we're still in this. This isn't, <laughs> I have rainy days money. I don't have rainy year money. So I'm like, yeah, okay, exactly. let's, let's figure this out. Let's wrap it up. I was like, let me figure out how to do podcasting. I was like, what's this? What do, what do y'all do? What do the children do? Y'all TikToking? Y'all Instagramming? What's this? It what's this? started so much. <laughs> like people like it put a fire up under everybody because I wouldn't be doing music if the pandemic hadn't you know I've right. always done music but like I wouldn't be pursuing it as hard as I, I am right. or you know you wouldn't be podcasting as hard as you are by the right. way thank you for coming out of retirement or oh <laughs> which one did you come out of retirement for me oh oh no with the the writing that's what it is podcasting oh, it's, it's more writing that takes so much of my time and it's easy for me to do uh, reviews but I just don't have like literally like getting here just to do this episode with you was a, it's a task it's a, <laughs> I treat I treat the podcasting like gigs with the preparation of like I'm literally the last minute getting ready to get on here but yeah. like with doing a show it's like all right you got five minutes to get on state you know all that you know Russian anxiety yeah. stuff gives me a adrenaline rush writing it's literally you got to find the time and i can't never find the time to quiet my mind to write but i'm gonna yeah. get to it it's just yeah. you know but yeah i i'm definitely going to be writing about glitter rain and when you drop the full lp i'm definitely going to be writing about that because it's something about it because that's what we need we need more fun records and i'm thinking in the past three to four years what i've heard it's a lot of different um, Canadian artists, UK artists that are bringing that quality pop music sound and they've been doing it, but now it's more center focus of getting back to quality lyrics and pop music. And a lot of people try to say, oh, music is so bad, but it's like, no, the quality, because I, when I go out in stores, it's a lot of stores that play quality pop music now that's mm -hmm. that's happening, the new music. And I'm like, oh, this is really good. They have some really great songs and I feel like Glitter Rain and the one you just released, uh, it, it all in that same vein. It's just a matter of how many eyes are on it. It fits that that wave of quality lyrics and that pop meshing because it's a lot of fusion sounds like the disco. It's a lot of eight, it's a lot of new music now that sounds like eighties inspired, yeah. you know. And yeah. the new one you just dropped, Stars Are On Our Side. That one, it, it was like oh nostalgia. I'm feeling, I'm give, giving me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, you know, it gives me that vibe. I'm like, oh, yes, this is what I miss. This is childhood nostalgia. Yeah, and so it, it's a good feeling, but it doesn't feel dated. It doesn't feel like something that's a, a clout chasing or it's just a defiant sound of that artist. And I love hearing artists where I can hear their inspiration, but it doesn't seem like a gimmick or that you're doing it because it's a trend. It's something that, no, this is actually my inspiration and I pull from these sources and it sounds good. So my next question in terms of your writing, what, what gives you that that ability to create these these records? Like what what's the whole process with, with that in terms of your writing? Like how does that come to you? So it's 
okay, so specifically with stars are on our side, um, there, something just happens. Like when there's a, a track and I hear it, the words just come to me. It's like, oh, this is a love song about um, about a, a girl and a guy that fell in love and he became a rock star and she just, so I, I don't know, like a movie plays in my head and then I just, I write it down. There have definitely been times where I've struggled to write tracks. It's like nothing comes to me. There's no inspiration. There's no theme that's playing. Um, so it really, it just, it, I mean, it sounds maybe cheesy and, and corny, but it, it does. It's like a movie goes on in my head, and I'm like, oh, my God. So I really have to feel the, the track. I really have to love what the producer or myself has come up with in order to write to something. Because otherwise, I, I don't write lyrics first. I make the track first, and then I'm like, this is the song that goes to that track. These are the lyrics okay. that go there. You know, so whereas some people write lyrics first, I can't do that to save my life. I can't. I have to like have, there has to be an inspiration, um, a sound that fits the lyrics, if that makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. you're you're 100% right. It's a lot of writers, songwriters that have that same process as you. I think Bilal, when I interviewed him and Marsha Ambrosia, they said they do the exact same thing. And I'm like, how long did it take? Because he said it was the music. He heard the music first and then he started writing. And he said it only took him a few minutes. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? This is like a masterpiece within three minutes. And you told me yeah. you heard the record. And then um, Shep Crawford, he told me he bit like, it, I, that's why I don't think it's cheesy because he said the same thing. Like he visualized, he's a visual creator. So he looks at it like a cinematic, like mm -hmm. uh, when he wrote Deborah Cox, Nobody's Supposed to Be Here. It has mm -hmm. that like, theatrical like space in it and yeah. the words are, are very like visual and I'm like I can visualize what you're you know it's same with like glitter rain I can literally like I'm picturing glittery rain like some like yeah. fucking epic 80s yeah. like inspired video Dance you know party. Yeah. yeah just why, that's why I love the, the music video it's like you get all those vibes and get to see the visual of the artist it's like oh that's dope i imagine something like that so i think that's cool what was it like shooting that video that video okay so i was prepped so i'm with the label now strawberry hill records i said and they i wanted to release uh, a love like yours first I wanted to release a different song first. And they were like, oh no, you gotta release the rain. You got to, like, that's the first one. And I was like, hmm, well, that wasn't my plan. <laughs> they were like, oh no, you right. gotta release that first, that's it. And I was like, they were like, so shoot music video and release it. And I was like, hmm, I don't have, like, time. Like, we're releasing the song next week. And they were like, well, let's figure it out. <laughs> so I <laughs> just, um, it was, very tight it was very I had really grand ideas I wanted like I wanted to be dancing on a bar I wanted like super you know 80s 70s fun costumes um, but I couldn't I couldn't make that happen in a week so what I did was my friend Blaine Davis he is um, the cinematic photographer videographer up here and um, I hit him up I was like I need you to help me. and so we had a, a space that was just white and um and we just shot like a fun 
music video with some fun edits and, and effects and stuff and just tried to make it as happy and upbeat and, and fun as possible. Um, it was not, that was not the video that I wanted for, for Glittering, but I do love it. And I think that it turned out really, really great. And you know, mm -hmm. it, 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 it sends the message. So, so yeah, it, that was a very quick, it took, it took us four hours to shoot that music video, I think. And oh wow, costume changes and just just doing as much fun stuff as I possibly could in that four hour time. And he turned around and edited it in three days, and it was nice. You know, yeah. I relate. I relate so much to that because it's like when you're doing projects and you got limited times, like production producer you're collaborating with other people i definitely relate to that because it's mm -hmm. like drop i dropped the docuseries and it's like we had limited amount of time and then it's like all these people involved with the project it's like some of them show up late and it's like you're the, the the creative process behind it so it don't you're producing it so it's like nothing moves without you so you have to delegate this and so yeah. i'm supposed to worry about the talent and it's like you know, just doing my part. And it's like, you gotta do seven, eight other things. And then mm -hmm. when it comes out, it's like, oh, people like it, it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, what was supposed to happen, happened. And you know, right. I just, I, yeah, so. So yeah, it was great. It was really great and it's really fun and I love it, so. It's a great video. I think that's just a, a stepping stone to doing what you envision and getting you know, the do the yeah. the if when you get ready to do more music videos, if that's in your, you know, inclination to do more, mm -hmm. uh, you know, release music videos, then you can prepare for the next ones. That right. right. I think that right. the uh, video for this one would be dope. Stars on our side. I think a video yes. for that would be dope. I already have. I have the storyboard. It's gonna be. I have a very beautiful nice. man set up to be the love right. interest, and uh, it's gonna <laughs> be fabulous. I'm gonna. We're gonna do it sometime in September. But yeah. Nice. So, See that, there. That's dope. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't. I, I can't wait for that. I love actually directing my own music videos. I'm not sure if you've seen a love. The, a love like yours is another one that I released. That yeah. music video is really sweet. And yeah, for sure. So, That's yeah. nice. Yeah, you you keep uh, transitioning perfectly to my next question. In terms of the progression of your music, are you that kind of artist to where you think about the next project or are you fully sitting in? Because I know some of them uh, that are really passionate about their albums, like this is my album, this is my baby, and this is that. Do you look at it that, or, or are you thinking forward to the next one? Yeah, I'm already, I'm already writing for the next one. Um, <laughs> I already have, I already have, they're my babies, for sure. I'm very proud right, of right, right. But two, it's like, it's new to other people. I've been listening to these songs for like a year, you know? So I'm like, right. oh yeah, that's, I love these songs. I love them. They're still very fun to me. Right now, I'm, I need, I need the wheels to start turning, brush the cobwebs off. I'm I'm on to another thing. So I've already got some like tracks that I'm writing to and um, and some and some stuff that I'm that's in the work. I don't think it will be released until, you know, next year. I'm right. I'm gonna take it slow like that, you know. I'm not like trying to like push out all this stuff all at once, but Right, right, right. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, no, I'm working girl. I'm, I'm speaking, I asked you that because all the greats do that. Yeah. 
Why do you think people understand? That's why Prince has like 39 albums. Mm-hmm. You think he was, you know what I mean? Right, exactly. It's like, and that's the thing. I think a lot of people sit in, some of them that don't have the vision to like look forward and like, okay, get a management, get a team. Okay, what's the vision? Okay, for this album. Or you think about a lot of them just like push out singles. It's like, yeah, that's great. But what are you doing in terms of a, a body project where your fans are going to want more from you? And it's like, exactly not thinking exactly. ahead. And it's like, and yeah. people get mad at me because I just say it plain as day. I'm like, if you're just releasing music, just to release music, you're wasting your time. If you have no inclination to tour, get merch and all that stuff in terms of the business side, just just don't do it. And it's not right. me being negative, it's just the reality of the business because you keep making minimum effort, you're gonna get minimal results. It's just, that's Absolutely. just common sense, Absolutely. you know? And you're doing things that gets the trajectory of a, this is a real artist that's gonna stick around for a while. And yeah, it's just it's just that matter of fact. And people are like, oh, it's so hard. No, it's not. It's just let's use our brains a little bit, and you know, that's I, I that's will the- say <laughs> it is hard, but it's you just have to be motivated. You know, like right. there's been days where it's like I'm tired. I don't want to do this. I don't want to spend any more money on this. This is expensive. But it's like where I want to be in like two years. You got to make that work. And it's like, you know, so, so yeah. That's why I love the independent artists, like the ones that get it right, like the Baylor Project, Avery Sunshine, those great artists that are touring now, like they're nationally, internationally touring. And just on the independent scale, like most artists, it's like a, a concert that happened now with R&B singer Kim. Like he's not mainstream known, but he's been touring consistently. He's a hot ticket. And it's like, once you become that go-to artist, and he's independent, he's not even, he was on Motown, but most of his work is independent. And it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, we're gonna drop an album, tour off of it, and then he goes back, like two years later, he tours for two years, and then comes back with another album. They don't stop, you know? It's just uh, the love of it that keeps going, and then that's where the the fan base keeps growing. And I'm like, you're, Listen, I don't blow smoke. It's just things that's just evident, like when you see it, it's like, it's just an inevitable process that that's where it is, where people is gonna get, as long as, you, as, long as you're in front of people, in the right people's faces, you're gonna yeah. be seen. Yeah, well thank you. That's, you know, it, it helps to hear other people say it, you know, like, I, yeah. I, I say it to myself all the time, but thank you. Right, and I definitely feel you on like not being, like we all have moments of not being motivated. I'm sure people that like just in the the common everyday person, like I'm sure you don't feel like getting up, going to work every day. But if it's something you like doing, you're gonna find the motivation or just be one of those days where you don't feel like doing it. As a people that entrepreneur that, you know, have their own businesses, I'm sure they get tired as well, but it's, that consistency and that discipline of doing it, like mm-hmm. just direct it to that, and you're gonna <laughs> eventually, you know, it's gonna catch up with you to where it's like, oh, I actually enjoy doing this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. And so, I was gonna ask you in terms of this new album, what is there? Um, so, are you just like 
in the process of waiting for it to get done? Or are you one of those artists like that's like, oh, I got to go back and hear the mixing again and make sure everything. Are you tedious with that process of the finished product or are you just ready for it to be released? Mm-mm. Yeah, no, I am very, um, I'm a bitch. A little bit. I'm not, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> I get you. I get exactly what you're saying. I'm very respectful <laughs> about it, but you know, I will, you know, we'll be in the studio and then my engineer will send it to me. I'm like, hmm. That sounds a little bit off. We need a little bit more here and a little bit down there. And um, yeah, then they'll send it to be mixed and mastered. I'm like, there's way too much bass. But yeah, I, I'm very, I'm, I just know the sound that I'm hearing and that I want to come across. And uh, yeah, and so, you know, especially because anybody that does some, you know, you bake a pie, you want it to taste good. You, mm-hmm. you know, any work that you're doing and putting out, you want it to be representation of you and you want, you want to put your best foot forward. So yes, I very much, um, I'm involved in all the processes. So, even the music. It's, it's, I think we're literally birthday twins for real. Like, yeah. cause <laughs> I feel like I'm talking to myself. This is insane. Cause I'm the same way with literally everything. And some people can't handle that. What, do you, what is your response to people that, whether in the studio or like even going forward, like whenever you get your your band, you know, moving forward, you know, getting that in terms of the process of how you want your sound and or any other project you're working on, are you always mindful of that? Or is it just like, I'm just definitive on what I want and let's collaborate and figure out how we can make this work type of thinking? Well, you know, right now it's like, in order to have a band, so right now I just kind of travel with a DJ and three backup singers and um, and uh, the band part, I absolutely want to play with live music, but they want money, you know, I have to pay pe- people, it's a live mm-hmm. music. So yes, once I get live instrumentation on stage with me, it will be very much I want you to put your best out just as much as I put my best out, you know, once um, we start touring and things like that, it's not just going to be like, oh, yeah, let's all come together and do our best. Like, I want, I want just as much of you to be passionate about this as I am. And my backup singers, um, you saw them in our live that we did. Uh, they are so supportive and have been with me since the first time I asked them, like, do you want to do this? Um, and that's just, you know, when they, it has to be, it's got to be more like a family. Like, you know, it's not just all about business. It's not just about touring and, and making a little bit of money. I want people to want to do this just like I want to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, does that answer the question? Yeah, for sure. It was just, um, I was just thinking like just futuristic. I'm always thinking ahead and it's like, I'm planning your whole thing for you. Like I see the live band. Yes. It's like this music, it's like, you gotta hear it live. You gotta hear it with a full band. Cause it gives it like a whole different experience. That's what makes me want to go to concerts and seeing a live band. I'll be honest, when I hear people have a live track, it's like, oh, that's great. I'm not watching. <laughs> Cause it's like people talk over. It's so hard, especially if it's a large crowd to really be into it unless they have, cause some of them now they have like live instrumentation as the backing track and that helps a little bit. But 
sometimes the sound don't be right. The sound guys, if you piss them off during sound check, they're gonna make sure. Uh, that's it. I don't know if you know that or not, but sound check guys or uh, women, if you piss them off during sound check, they're gonna make your show horrible. I'm saying that because <laughs> I'm, I'm saying from experience. I've been <laughs> I've been so nice to the sound, and most of them are comfortable. You know, yeah. so it's like I try to get on their good side. I try to get on there. I'm like, can I get your drink? Like, yes. do you need anything? Oh my so you're God. a pro. You're a pro at this. That's what it is. I've been to the show and I was just like, you turn it up. And like in the middle of the show, I was like, stop. What's going on? Like, <laughs> I can't hear what's happening. And they fixed it. But after that, like, interaction, I was like, oh, okay. These guys are like, they're a little grump. They're grumpers. Like they just, you just gotta, you know, just rub their back a little bit. Right. Okay. They just want to feel acknowledged. If you, that's yeah. the first thing I do. Is like, hey, how you doing? Like, and yeah. have the conversation, comfortability, and then it's like, oh, I'm gonna make sure her drums is turned up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I don't know about anybody else, but he's gonna make sure my stuff is right. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, it, you, you're saying everything that a pro does. And it's like, you're not saying anything that out of the way. So it's just interesting hearing people's um, thought process in terms of their vision and making sure it's executed right. There's a lot of people that don't know how to deal with that because then you start to get a reputation with some people don't know how to take that. But it's like, well, I experienced it and that's not, you know, and they'll say, oh man, that artist, they're hard. And then when I work with them, it's like, oh, I can see, I can envision like, if you're not a person that's used to a certain type of tone, then that tone will like throw you off, especially if like you're assertive. And most of the time they may be dealing with somebody that just lets them do, like, what do you think? And so if you don't let them have input, they're like, oh, they're this, they're that or whatever, but yeah. I never want to get um, a bad, you know. Like I said, I'm not. I'm not a B word. I'm just. I'm just. I know what I want, but I know how to say it. And I think that right. people forget how. You know, people are people. So everybody has a bad day. Everybody goes through shit, and you just have to be nice. I try to be nice. It's only been one time. I'm, I'm very transparent on my podcast I just say I can't mince my words it comes off aggressive but I don't give a damn I just say it how I feel it you know I just gotta be real you know because people I, I can't you know mince my words but it was one time we were doing a show it was um, it was a, a corporate gig it was a very uh, big uh, hotel we were staying at it was like a five star hotel now we're dealing with the owner, we're dealing with the, the person, you know, that, that booked us and we're trying to do this. Is a manager, he's in charge of the cooks or something. Now he comes out of place and trying to tell us how to set up our stuff and he's worried about his lunch crowd or whatever because our main stage is where, you know, the important, I guess where they seat the important guests and I guess he's wanting us to hurry up with the setup so he can, you know, get ready for lunch. And he's like, hey, y'all need to move in. I was like, I wasn't even paying him any attention. And I'm just doing that. And second time he comes in, because I'm the MD. And so, you know, or co-MD at the time, me and my friend were co-MD. And he comes back again. He's like, hey, I thought, I was like, hold on. I was like, who are you talking to? Mm -hmm. 
and I'm making sure he's directing it at me. So whenever I let light into your ass that I know <laughs> it's, you know, uh, it's, it's a given that this is supposed to happen. He's like, I thought I told him. And I was like, sir, first off, your boss said such and such and such that we can do it at this time. This is our set time. This is our stand check time. We're in the perimeter of what we're supposed to do. I was like, take your ass back in the kitchen and make sure they got your lobster order, whatever the fuck you. I was cussing. I'm, I'm going off, and then my co MD stepped so. in, but I cussed him out because I'm like, get the fuck out of my face. I, I said it that plain of the day, you know? Why are you out here? Go yeah, I'm like, you in charge of food. You don't, this ain't your lane. You're not the boss. We don't go to you. So why are you sticking it again? It happens. Yeah, there's a difference. There's a difference. <laughs> You're supposed to be nice, but people who ain't minding the business that pays them, right? They could get it. They could get it. And it's no out here. And it's the tone. And then I already know what it is because I do it all the time. Black woman. And I look young in the face, so you think that you can run me over. It's a lot of that too. It's mostly the young the young factor because it's a lot of men that get aggressive with me and then when they realize I got bite to me they're like oh she's serious simmer and it's tight and they simmer down and he ended up apologizing guess what he ended up apologizing and gave me like a free dinner and a free bottle of champagne so he ended up apologizing gave me a free dinner but it's like I didn't have we, we didn't even have to go through all that if you were just you know <laughs> I worked in the service industry in the restaurant business chefs are a different type of evil they are rude oh yeah they are just you know yeah know. he was i think he was the chef manager i was like dude go in the back and cut up not to dismiss people that do that for a living but this ain't your business over here go yeah. back and worry about your sous chefs you know yeah they be they are they're angry on a whole nother level about the oh yeah the world they mad at the world yeah i couldn't deal with that it's like certain people deal with that kind of that's why I couldn't work a regular job to where somebody would have to tell me stuff and work under people because I've quit many a jobs in my younger years of just like a guy, like literally the first day I worked, I wasn't, I came in 15 minutes early and I sat in the car waiting to clock in and a guy, the, the mind you, I'm like 21, the guy's like 18, so I'm like three, four years older than him. He, this is his tone as soon as I come in. Hey, when you come into this job, this is how this works. You clock in five minutes early. You, and I'm coming right at the time I'm supposed to. I was supposed to work seven to seven. He's like, you need to come in five minutes early and go in the back and get your apron and let's get started. And I went in my locker, grabbed that apron, grabbed them keys that they gave me and I handed it to him, didn't say anything, just walked out and left. Didn't lock the door yeah. behind me. I was like, it's just like, I can't deal with that. I was like, especially you're younger than me. I was like, I can't, I, it's just, and then that day four, I was like, I'm going to be a full-time musician. I can't do this. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't blame you because no. Yeah. You shan't talk down to me. It's, it's just, I, I don't understand people that, and it's a lot of people in the world that from whether they work in medical fields, they allow people to talk to them like that. And that's just mind blowing to me. And they're like, yeah, my boss, he, he says this. I'm like, why? They're like, well, I have to work. I'm like, yeah, but you can have, you know, it goes into a whole other subject. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. I'd be liking to fight. <laughs> I, I, I'm very petty. I, my level of petty, especially since I've gotten older, is it go? It keeps going up every year. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like yeah. and your I can't. Goes down. 
I mean, I, it's like the patience with the ignorant, the willfully ignorant is like this much. Like I'm patient with everybody else. Like somebody that, you know, this disabled, like the people that need the patience and kindness, like somebody with disabilities, the homeless, I have all the patience for, but people that are just evil and mean, I don't have, and they like, oh, give them, and which is ironic because people give them more grace than yeah. somebody else i'm like no those people don't need grace to me yeah. that's why my views are problematic because i say cuss those people out this yeah. is why <laughs> listen and audience don't listen to anything i say if you work a job where you have a boss because you'll get fired some folks out but yeah i do this because i <laughs> technically i have a boss with the artist but you know they're cool we don't i don't cuss at i don't cuss at the talent so it that that's the other thing but Getting to, okay, we got the singles, we got the album about to drop. Is there anything outside of, because we're in an era now where people are making it happen in terms of like branding and into other uh, adventures, whether it's investing in companies or just putting their name or uh, establishing themselves outside of what they do. do you, are you looking at anything in terms of outside of the realm of music? Well, right now, no. Um, I would love to dibble and dabble in, uh, you know, other ventures and things like that. Um, you know, I'm doing my, my merch, I'm uh, TikTok, but, you know, I do like comedic stuff and, and I act and things like that. But right now I'm just focusing on music. So, okay. Yeah. My husband and I have have discussed several times, like you know, starting our own little import export business for like a like a furniture store or something. But like that's those are little small small things. But no, right now just music. Okay. I can't do that. I have three kids. I can't. I can't. Right. Well, it, it, it was just I was just intrigued if that was something else that you know you were looked at if it was like you know because you know sometimes you know waiting for to drop music it could take months or yeah. i didn't know if you're a multitasker that like doing multiple things at one time i was just curious yeah you know I mean, i'm a, i'm a, i'm in an improv troupe here and we act and do shows and stuff but like that's that's just for my love of comedy and acting and right. stuff but but yeah no. what's your top favorite uh in terms of like comedy, do you like watching comedy in terms of like movies and series or sitcoms or like stand up? I love both. I love both. I love the, my favorite series and it's such dry comedy and it's also Seattle based is Frasier. Um, okay. It's, are you familiar with Frasier? I'm familiar with it. I said I was going during the pandemic. I was like, I'm gonna catch up on it, and it's like I'm I get to that age where I fall asleep before the the theme song comes on. <laughs> like, like that's me every time. <laughs> I love, um, but I love I love stand up too. It's my husband hates it, so it's hard for me to like catch a moment to like enjoy a good stand up, but. He hates stand-up? Yeah, it's weird. It's like, wow. That's interesting. I don't get that. <laughs> like, who does, who hates stand-up? But he, he gets bored, so. Oh, it's just, it may be, 
because it is some boring i can get that perspective because it's a lot of boring some stand-ups i'm watching i'm like okay we're gonna get to the joke eventually because this is just a elongated speech at this point where where are we going <laughs> and i could like like i won't watch right you know what's so interesting i i started i think it was like his what was it um bring the pain that comedy special no that was i think the very first one i think it was uh bring the pain that one was good but then when i listened to his thought process because when i watch i like watching interviews of actors like that's my like my thing i love listening to actors tell especially if they're promoting a, a movie I love hearing that thought process in terms, if they ask the right questions on what motivated them, what about that character and what was difficult about the process or whatever. And when I hear Chris Rock in interviews, I don't really like his thought process with stuff. And it's very on the line of, I don't want to all the way call it misogynistic, but it's like that, you know, that old school way of thinking of like, all I have to do is provide money to a woman and that's it. And I'm like, gross. Like, and it's a lot of that with the comedy and I'm, I'm not with it. I, I get it, but it don't resonate with me. I hate his, his facial expressions make me so cringy. He's like, <laughs> You know, that's like his signature thing. That's so insane. Cause I get it. It's certain things about it. It, it wouldn't annoy some people, but I get I get a hundred percent that perspective. Who who's a who's your top favorite? I guess either their comedic actor, actress, or stand up. Who's your favorite? Well, I mean, I could watch Dave Ch all of Dave Chappelle's stand ups over and over. Every single one of them is is classic. Um, I'm also a big Bill Burr fan. Oh, I love his stuff. I literally just listened to an interview of his on uh, Kevin Hart's podcast, and he's basically, they're just, you can tell they're friends, but it's the it's his sarcasm that's just gold. It's just, so oh my God, good. so good. It's so <laughs> bad. I love it. Um, and let's see, I'm also a Jim Gaffigan fan. He's really sweet. I You're think I'm... I watched one of his specials. It was a long time ago, but it was really good. His delivery is very unique. I think yeah, that's why I was intrigued. Yeah, he's just complete and he doesn't cut, which I think is great because it's like, it's nice right. to like be able to like watch something funny without like all the nasty, dirty stuff. It's like, oh, you're actually funny. You just, you don't just have to say like, who? You know, what I mean. you don't. Uh, see, that's that's where I differ because the dirtier, the better for me. It's I like I, I, I love. Funny. Yeah. I think you're truly talented, though, if you can be funny and not be dirty. Because Bill Burr right. is gross, and he's yeah. terribly misogynistic and <laughs> a little racist at times. But I yeah. Think he's so. Yeah, it's funny. It, I, I love uh, the teeter he does because he'll, it's observational, like in theory, it's wrong. Like he had the joke about domestic violence and he's like, uh, the woman, he was like, it's never any, he was like, really? Never? It's never, <laughs> it's never any reason to hit a woman. 
<laughs> and I think it's funny because you know it, it's terrible, but in context, it's it's it makes sense. It's funny. If you can make it make sense to me, even if it's horrible, then I, I can laugh at it. I agree. I agree. So but yeah, I love, that's right. great. That's a great list, though. I'm I'm very I love dirty comedy, but I like the old school ones like Red Fox. Oh yeah, I watch it all the time. It was just it's just the the delivery of it. Like he had so nasty, so many nasty jokes, but it's the I could find the cleverness in the nasty joke. That's what's so funny about it. And it's like, because you think about it, and I'm like, oh man, that's terrible. <laughs> that's awful. Oh man, he was like a. And I'm on the fence about it a little bit because I didn't realize he had like some uh, child molestation thing going on with Richard Pryor's son. And that kind of tainted it a little bit for me. And I was like, oh, I don't know how to take this. Wait, this is, I never heard that before. I didn't, it was on uh, somebody, it was a publication, it was like an urban publication where um, I think the former bodyguard of Richard Pryor is the one that released it and then his son uh, Richard Pryor's son like kind of confirmed it no yeah but at the same time it was like Paul Mooney is a part of that comedy history of writing for Richard Pryor and all that stuff but I, I can't remember if uh, Richard Pryor's son I think he was almost legal like 17 18 but it's like I don't know it was it made me feel weird so but he was my top favorite comedian though in terms of Political. I can't take that away from him because it was, you That's know. It. He's just politically shocking, you know. Like he just says that crazy, real stuff. Right. Makes people feel so uncomfortable, and I love that. Exactly. I'm literally. The next question, in terms of the new album, what what are you expecting in terms of the response for it? I, you know, okay. So this this time around, I. I'm really getting a lot of love. Um, you know, last first EP, and I was really stoked with the numbers. I really, um, I was happy with what happened. But I think in the full year on Spotify, I think I maybe had three thousand streams, and that was for the total EP. Uh, this year, I've released three singles, and I'm pushing like. 20,000 streams and that's just an that's amazing that is a that is that is not an easy feat that is that definitely deserves celebration because that's so not an that, easy feat I mean I am like I'm really 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 excited because I I don't know I don't have anything to compare it to you know last year was my first release and I thought it did really 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 well I was proud of myself um, but this time around it's like growing at a substantially high rate and it's not just like you know I've, I've been playlisted a couple times with like Spotify playlists like the radio station is, is pushing me out there so it's really exciting so I'm hoping you know I hope what I can hope to say is like by the end of the year I want to see like 200,000 strings that's a great that's great to start from you never like I love that you're setting goals you know, to achieve it. And it's like getting more streams means more eyes for ticket sales and all that stuff. So that all that together mm -hmm. is great. Yeah. I, I, I don't see nothing wrong with it. Yeah. You know, shoot for the stars. Why not? And that's, that's the low hanging star. 
know, 200,000, you know, there's people out right. there with millions of streams, but 200, I could say, I would love to see that. Yeah, I, to be honest with you, numbers, this numbers game, because, you know, when I go into conversations with other content creators and all that stuff, honestly, if you can get at least 10% of your following to buy or just buy into whatever it is that if you sell a merch or whatever, if you can get at least 10%, mm-hmm. you're good. A lot of people can't get 10%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you got 200,000 followers and you get 20,000 people to purchase it, like even if you have a thousand, if you could get at least thousand of at least a hundred of those people to buy it and you're merching it a certain price to where you're going to make profit from it, that's still great. Right. Right. <laughs> you that's know, exactly the, the motto that I, that I, uh, that I try to approach too. Yeah. 10%. That's golden. It's literally like, my following is is okay. I'm at six figures in terms of the subscribers on my website, but in terms of social media, I don't I don't really care about it because like I'm still from the old school mentality of like oh I made money before the internet, but I get like how it enhances it because this podcast like doing social media, I've seen the effects of how if you do it the correct way, the engagement, then I can see like how that can still turn into dollars, but. I don't, I honestly don't even care. <laughs> it's like, it's like, uh, they told me a milestone. Like I remember some years ago, they were like, oh, you're at 80,000 subscribers. I was like, oh yeah. They're like, that's a big deal. I'm like, and I don't, <laughs> I don't <laughs> you know. understand social media to save my life. I don't get it. I don't know how to get followers. I don't know. Like it, it was started, it was supposed to be about friends at first, right? But now influencers have taken over and it's like everybody wants you to subscribe or follow but it's like how how do i get the the, the engagement you know what it is it's mostly what you're doing so it's like with artists they just want you to do cover songs and it's like if it's an artist they like then they're like oh i'm gonna buy into this and i want to hear more of this so if you like an artist that loves Whitney Houston and you sing like they're like oh I want you to cover Whitney Houston all the time and I want you to cover that music and the more consistently you do it the more engagements and it's like TikTok it's Instagram and Twitter but all those space the problem is a lot of people treat all those spaces the same and Instagram it used to just be about photos and just liking it but now like you said with the influencers it's a lot of people that have opinion pieces they have a minute clip videos where they're talking about what's happening and trending topics. That's a good way to get engagement. And then also just funny stuff that happened. Most of the good content that just researching it, because I do social media consulting as well for uh, musicians. And a lot of it that drives is a lot of kid content, like uh, families with like married people, married content gets a lot of engagement kid content gets a lot of just them doing silly stuff or you doing silly stuff a lot of family content gets high so if you're selling a product most of the time it's always going to get low numbers but if it's like kid content or family content it's going to always get high engagement because i i didn't notice that until i i posted because i don't do it on my main pages i post pictures of my nieces and nephews and it got so much high engagement on my insta story i'm like why i was like 
Who cares about this? I don't even see these kids that often. I'm like, why do y'all care? I just released the podcast episode. Click on the link. Exactly. And I'm like, no, I want to see more. <laughs> on TikTok, I have 35. I'm not trying to. It's not bragging at all. But no, I you're good. 35,000 followers. Mm-hmm. I can do a stupid trend and get 100,000 views. Almost 500,000 views. If I put anything out about my music or go see, you know, I'm having a show, click the link, uh, da, 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 70 views, crickets, crickets. Yeah. It drives Listen, me nuts. There's so many uh, influencers that have the million followers and they struggle with the same thing. Cause I remember one uh, influencer, um, he said that they because a uh, Patreon is one of those avenues like during COVID that really blew up because then it goes directly to the customer, whatever content and that five dollars a month is going to go to the creator and then you're going to get exclusive content. So a lot of them started doing that, and a lot of them were like, "Well, you did just stuff on YouTube, it was free. Why? Why?" I'm like, "Well, if you don't want to buy it, don't buy it." But it's a lot of people like with this podcast. I don't post it on YouTube yeah. intentionally. Because the numbers are direct with Spotify and Apple Podcasts and with the downloads. And so I want you, but a lot of people don't have the, I guess, money or time to do the monthly for Spotify and that. And that's where, you know, my podcast is shot for for monthly subscribers. But it's like, well, if you can't, because somebody literally DM me, well, is it on YouTube? I'm like, nope. They like, well, why why can't I listen to it? I'm like, it's on Apple Apple Podcasts and Spotify. They like, well, what if I don't have that? I'm like, well, I guess you don't want to listen to it because it's not. I'm not releasing it for free. I'm like, it's it's free if you buy the subscription for those services, but you know, yeah. But that's how people are. They don't want to. They cheapskates with supporting talent, and these are the same people. I make the same equivalency of. When they talk about, oh, music is bad, but you don't support it. You don't buy the tickets. You talk about wanting it, but you want it for free. You don't want to put the work in to see it. It's like a lot of, they think that record labels are still pushing out millions of, like that budget, bad boy video budgets are gone now. That stopped 20 plus years ago. That doesn't exist. So they think you have millions of dollars to (laughs) create the content. Right. But yeah, it's uh, understanding what I understood about those um, like Twitter, Instagram, and now even TikTok. It's like, oh, I have to utilize because the way I talk on Instagram is very clean cut to when I compared to Twitter. I've been on Twitter since like 08. So it's very wild, wild west. Very much, you can get a lot of aggressive energy, but huh? Oh no, we we, we're not going. I I know Twitter is Muslim now, but we know I'm not. It's it's (laughs) Twitter went Muslim. I'm not. I'm not. uh, (laughs) I'm not subscribed to calling it X. That's weird. I I'm not falling into a a billionaire's dream of being bored of just calling it something else because he has money to 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 burn. Elon or yeah, Elon. Yeah, Elon. That guy is like cyborg. Are we sure he's human? They keep talking about robots, and I think he's cyborg for real. Mars and came back a clone. Something's wrong. That dude is weird, but yeah, that. But Twitter, although I'm still calling it Twitter, it's, uh, sorry to the Muslim name X. It's, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Well, I guess X, formerly known as Twitter, I guess, but <laughs> TikTok, all these different, <laughs> all these different avenues, it's like different spaces. And I, I spend a lot of time like studying it. It's like, oh, that's what gets people. But understanding what makes it work is just, you just got to customize it to fit there. Because when I get, because I know what's going to get the people that follow me, they want me to do a lot of drum cover video, like whatever I do musically, they want me to just see it. They just want free content. And it's like, all right, I'm going to do that, you know, yeah. eventually. <laughs> but yeah, you 30,000, listen, on TikTok, that's that's not an easy feat. You, you're figuring it out. It's just the kid, it's stupid trends and the kid stuff. Funny, I'm like a blatant mom, you know, that doesn't give a fuck. That's, and people are like, oh my God, that's hilarious. Because it's the relatability. I'm telling you, I, when I go to airport, I spend, I should like be paying rent at airports because I'm there so much, especially at DFW airport. I'm there all the time. It's always parents. They're always, some of them are nervous. I can see them with their kid and they're nervous. I'm like, yeah, they're too. It's not because I help raise kids. So I was like, oh, I can tell how old they are by how acting i'm like they're two they're like yeah they're about to be two in like a month like, he's like how you know that? i'm like because i i was like i was like they're hard to get to go to bed at night hunt she's like yes i'm like yeah and it's the relatability factor when you post content that's relatable in terms of their everyday life they're like oh finally somebody gets it yeah, yeah. this is what and then it makes them feel at ease that they're not a bad parent it's yeah. <laughs> that's all it is like, yeah. yeah awful Tyler's or terrorists? We don't we don't talk about this enough as a community of, <laughs> of people that it's just it's just a it's just a really interesting stage seeing it. I'm like wow, it makes me feel bad for my parents. It's like wow, y'all dealt with this in the '80s, and I'm like no wonder why y'all <laughs> had the attitude y'all did. Y'all didn't want to hear like I can understand why they didn't want us to talk so much. They like stop all that yell. I'm like we're not even yelling, but it's like any little noise, you know, will set you off into. It's like let me go sit in the car for 30 minutes and yes. rethink life. Yes, <laughs> it's like you said, eating a eating a a, a a Starbucks sandwich in the car is like trying to <laughs> drinking their, the Starbucks lemonade just to get quiet time by yourself, like a like you stole it. <laughs> Right, without them asking for it. It's like, they were like, <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, kid content, probably the biggest thing on the internet, but I think you're doing 30,000. Like I said, TikTok, fault, that's that's huge. And I'm pulling for you. I don't want to hold you up too long, but thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You have all this going up. Is there anything else we should be expecting from you? Um, I'm just doing... I'm just- look out for some shows coming up i will be in new york on the 26th um, nice vegas la these dates aren't locked yet i'm going to canada in december so um, nice be out here when when is the the album releasing in between that time it's gonna be august 25th nice so right before the brooklyn gig that's nice yeah it's gonna be so fun i'm really really excited that's dope. Is it like nervousness? Or are you just ready for it to be? No, I'm ready. I'm ready. I've, I've, I'm hoping next week, next year, to be at South by Southwest. I'm trying to do festivals. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to go. So I'm so excited. I'm just excited. 
That's oh, I'm pulling for you. And I already played. I already played the game with you last time. The what's wrong with you game? You won the game. Let's do it. I can't again. remember. Right. <laughs> I can't think. I couldn't think of any more lists. Oh, maybe I could pull this one. Okay, what about tweet or I can't remember if I told you this one. Tweet or Ashanti. Tweet. There we go. Listen, acing it. Tweet. Let me let me think of one. Yes. Where did she go? No, she released. Listen, her last album. She, I think she's gearing up for a new album, but she dropped her Charlene album. Some, listen, look it up on the internet, Char, or on Spotify, wherever you listen to music at. Look up Charlene. You're going to hear musical ascension. I promise you. Charlene. Yeah. That's her real name. It's a self-titled. Well, Tweet is her artist name, but. Real name is Charlene. That's what her real name is. Fantastic album all the way through. You're not going to skip it. It penetrates the soul. It's ascension. I'm telling you. Exciting. But I do have to say, Ashanti does have some middle school, high school hits. You know, that's what I always think of. But it's like, at the time, see, I've, I've been, they say old soul. I've been literally 72 at heart since I was seven. So it was like when when I was like five, I thought the Temptations was a new group, like, cause they were played so much. And I was like, oh, this is a new album. This is new. Smokey and the Miracles. Yeah, this is new music. <laughs> this is new music. Bobby Womack. That just, the poet. Oh, that's, that's, this is new. Cause, Cause, back then they were always playing the classic records. Like even if it was five years old, the record they were still playing in rotation, like it just came out. So a lot of my music, it was like dated. It wasn't until like a SWV came out, like when I would see it on B- Video Soul on BT <laughs> or watching MTV videos, where it was like, oh, this is new music. This is the new music. I was like, who's he said? Who's the Who's the whispers? Who's the whispers? These cats with the mustache. I thought they were new. <laughs> But yeah, I've been 72. So 2003, I guess early 2000s when Ashanti was popping. Like I heard it, I listened to it, but it was like, now nah, I'm gonna go back to, I'm gonna go back to the spinners, the stylistics, the stylistics. I was like, I'm gonna get back to that. Get back, to my, get back to my Motown real quick. Nancy Wilson, we 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 love that. Pat Benatar, I'm gonna go back to that. That's that's where my heart is. <laughs> And then it was, I was on a real hip hop stage as well. So it was a lot of that. I was kind of phasing out. Cause it wasn't really that many R&B singers during the early 2000s. Like it was the tweets, but she was the only one that stuck out. And then it started to go downhill after that a little bit. Not till Jasmine Sullivan, then it started getting good again. But it was like, it was a good five, six years where it was like, oh, there's no space right now. It's Beyonce. Because they're absolutely, I've never been a hip hop girl. I've always been like a, solid pop and R&B and I was definitely sad to a lot of R&B music in the early 2000s so I gotta think about it. <laughs> yeah it was, I think back it was Usher but it, again it was like what I associated like it was like older I don't know if I need to explore this in therapy but it was always the older men like older artists that I was at like after seven like that was that was the youngest <laughs> And it was like groups like that look mature, like or artists that were mature, like H Town. What was his name? D- like I was like seven, like in love with Dino from H Town. It was like, it's like 
all the older artists, the kids that were my age, like Tevin Campbell, like when all those people came out, it's like, nah, that ain't for me. I want to go back to Tevin Davis Jr. posters on the wall, like, oh, right. <laughs> Listen, I told you, I've been 72 a long time, so it was <laughs> a beautiful thing. But I already played the game with you, but I'm gonna play this game I play sometimes with some of the guests called Savvy Association. A lot of it, people say song association, but I call it savvy association game. Basically, the game is just, I say a word and you tell me the first, I'm not gonna put a timer on it. A lot of them put timers on it, but I just wanna know what's the song that comes to you when you hear this word. Okay. Okay, hold on. I gotta pull my phone out, my assistant. It's a word <laughs> game. Okay. Yes. My uh, my assistant sent me the word, so, cause I'm supposed to participate as well, but I'm about to, so wait, do we have to do it at the same time? Because that one. No, of I, I, yeah, we can. It's just, it's just, you know, however it flows, however it comes to us, it ain't no big deal. But I'm about to look it up right, real quick. In the okay, I got the word. It is ready. What's the first word you think, uh, or song you think of when you hear the word ready? We'll see. You put Tevin Campbell in my mind, so I'm ready. Oh yeah, that's my favorite too. Not, not said after seven, so ready or not. How about that? Okay, okay. Kevon Evans. Oh my gosh, one of my top favorite singers of all time. Girl, you, you about to get off and be like, <laughs> <laughs> not like that. It's just the voice. It's just, it's just a lot of pureness in it. That range he sings in, not a lot of singers can sing in that range. It's like a Tevin Campbell is in that range, but it's not a lot of people that can get up there. Vocally, there are people that are absolutely not attractive, but as soon as they sing or play a guitar, I'm like, in love. And Kevin Evans is easy on the eyes, but I, I'm not gonna go that far and be like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, that's my guy. Like, no, I'm just saying vocally, but no, I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of somebody that I think it was, like I said, Dino from H Town. I thought he was attractive. I'm trying to think of some more people that were attractive in R&B music. In terms of male singers, I can't think. Oh, Kenny Green. It's all, I think all of them passed. All my favorite crushes are passed away. <laughs> Kenny Green from Intro. <laughs> he was cute to me. I can't think of any more. Uh, Usher, he was. He didn't do it for me. I don't know. And it's it, all my cut. I think it was because. People say that's the Leo thing. Like when some everybody likes something, then you don't like it. That was me. Yeah. It was like if you if you liked it, I don't like because Usher was like everywhere when I was in school, yeah. and I'm like, no, nah, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. just my nature of just like it was like if the the crowd liked it, it's like nah, I'm gonna find somebody else to like. I think it took me six years <laughs> to get an iPhone. I was like, I'm not doing it. I want. Yeah, that was me too. Look, yeah. and this is an old iPhone I have too. I don't even have the new one. I'm like, they, they broke me down to make me get one. But I'm like, I still use, this is a Galaxy Note. Look, ain't no buffering. They're not chop up. We get, there's all those old, Sam, I don't say Android. I say Samsung. It's all those Samsung jokes. We have the best picture. We have the best. You have a green bubble. Everything. You have a green bubble. And I oh my God. I'm so tired. Of, my friends I say can't. that all the time. I like really the color. That's yeah. enough for y'all. That's Shocking. ridiculous. That's so. I, I just want to let the iPhone users know because I'm sure it's a lot of y'all that have iPhones. Because I just literally was somebody was like, "You have a Galaxy Ill <laughs> on Instagram," 
And I'm like, look, iPhones is good, but guess what? How many cuts do y'all have on your finger from your broken phone that y'all don't replace? Tell me how many cuts y'all have on your fingers. I don't. I don't. Just for the listening audience, how do, how many cuts do y'all have? How many? I dropped my phone 37 times at the airport. That's Guess what? No crack in sight. It's a turtle. It's, it's so <laughs> hardbacked. It's so hardbacked. Guess what? It's sturdy and it gets the job done. You understand? We don't have to have an email to get into everything. I don't know. I don't know. Anything. I don't have a trouble. But it's whatever. We don't, we ain't gonna do an iPhone versus Samsung thing. <laughs> Miss Jenna, fantastic singer songwriter. New single out. Make sure you get Glitter Rain as well. New new single, Stars Are On Our Side. She has an upcoming LP. Make sure you get it on all the digital outlets, wherever you get your music from. Make sure you support. What's your social media so they can look it up? Uh, On Instagram, I'm jenna.music. And on TikTok, I'm that crazy ass mom. And YouTube, I'm Jenna Music. So... Jenna Music, that crazy ass mom. Give me a follow. Yes, and we're going to put all that in the, the Spotify and Apple podcast. Uh, we're going we're gonna to drop all that information there as well. Thank you for tuning into the Soul Sadness podcast. Thank you so much for spending your time to come on the podcast. I had to talk to you before you dropped your LP. And if I listen, I'm, I get very excited when I hear the music. So you, I may hit you up again so we can rap about the album in totality. But I yeah. I have fun with you all the time. It's so fun. Listen, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you to the audience for listening in. If you're new here, yeah, I'm a bit of a heathen. I'm a board again hooligan. I say it on my Twitter name. It, you get, I, I try to, I, when I have guests on, I try to contain the heathen because it, it's there, it's very present. Don't listen to the past episodes, Jenna, because it's very filled with explicitories. You know, we don't want to stray, you know, the audience. But if you want to, I had to before I came on here, and I'm down. I'm down. It's so. very healing. When you get here, it's like you can't, you can't get out of it. You stuck with me now. That's what it is. If you get over on the healing side, it's like you go back. No, I'm just kidding. But thank y'all for tuning in. Thank you, Jenna, for dropping on the pie. Podcast, Soul Savage Podcast. And we out. Whether you need to be comforted, soothed, or relaxed, Soul Saviness got you. The ultimate getaway. You are listening to the sounds of Soul Saviness Podcast, where we are sure to put your mind, body, and soul at ease.